You're listening to the WSR Insurance Unscripted Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the insurance world and products that are available with discussions and risk management opportunities. Each episode, we talk with one or more of WSR's qualified insurance agents about products and policies that will make an impact on your business. Trust me, you won't want to miss an episode and the opportunity to hear firsthand from WSR agents. Well, happy summer. Thanks for joining us for another episode of WSR Insurance Unscripted Podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed the first two episodes. If you haven't, go ahead and check them out. They're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere that you might enjoy listening to episodes. Our last episode was on a brand new policy, a strawberry policy that came out of Florida and is now available in seven counties in California. So if you missed that episode and you're interested in learning about berries, go check it out. But today... I'm excited to be talking with Kevin Hoppin from WSR. Kevin's been around the insurance business a while now, and we're just going to get a kind of an update on the market and some good tips from Kevin. So Kevin, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you. Great to um, see you too. Great to be podcasting with you today. Mm-hmm. Kevin, for those who don't know you, maybe let's just start out with um, your title, what you do at WSR, how long you've been there, just a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, sure. I've been at uh, WSR since 2003. Um, I started when I was still in college. I was down in Arizona, and obviously I didn't want to stay down in Arizona. It was 110 degrees no. in my summer break. No, not at all. So uh, yeah, I would come up and do a couple summers at Wraith. I knew a couple of the owners, and I basically, my first couple summers, I would drive around. We had a farm market that was going out of business at the time or getting out of the farm industry. And my summer job was driving around, taking updated photos and diagrams of farms. And that's kind of how I learned like what information the agents would get when they would go out to an account. And, uh, but it was a great summer job for a kid who was 20 years old because I just got to drive around ranches and just got to learn a lot and, um, got licensed my second summer at Wraith and then started full-time selling in 05 and kind of Went from there. And then, yeah, so I've been an owner of the agency now uh, for the last couple of years. I've kind of just did the producer thing for a long time, but now kind of have some exciting new duties at the uh, agency that I'm doing as an owner. So it's great. What was more fun, driving around on ranches or your day-to-day now? Driving around ranches is pretty good. You know, (laughs) when you're just home from college, you have zero responsibilities. (laughs) Yeah. You just turn the radio on and they send you with these huge ranches, about 20 locations. You just have to go find them based on God knows what directions they gave you. And the descriptions were bad. That was the reason I did it because the descriptions were kind of bad. So you just had to look at 10 barns and figure out which one was which. And that was one of the issues that we had. So it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Cool. I know you enjoy what you're doing now, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, But scavenger hunts every day sounds pretty fun, too. Exactly. Looking at today, 2022, how is the industry different than it was necessarily when you started? I would say these days it's maybe a little less personal, especially on some of the smaller, easier accounts to write. You know, agents are putting a lot more information just in carrier quoting systems and an algorithm kicks out the number. The premium is what it is. But you get some of those larger accounts, stuff that is a little out of the box. You still have to have those good underwriter relationships. If you feed underwriters good accounts, have good relationships with them, they'll write accounts or give you more credits that maybe they wouldn't have given somebody else. I like working on some of those more complicated accounts just because the relationship that Wraith has with a lot of our underwriters that we've worked with for so long, they actually come into play because maybe, yeah, I wouldn't do this for this other agent because they, we've had a lot of claims with them. We don't always get great information, but with Wraith, we're going to take a shot on this one. So, you know, you got to work those relationships. It's definitely becoming less of an opportunity now, especially on certain types of accounts, just because a math equation just kicks it out in the quoting system and it is what it is. So it seems like... For some, it might be harder. I'm just thinking about fire. It's harder to get insurance coverage these days. I don't know if that's the same for insurance as a whole or if that's 
select issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But what do you kind of feel? Is it harder? What's kind of driving the issues? Obviously, we know it's driving the fire issues, but is it harder? It is. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely in a hard market right now. It's by really one of my first, because we kind of were getting out of a hard market when I first started. And then we've been in a soft market, we call, which means, you know, carriers are much more willing to write business rates are lower, but we've definitely transitioned last few years into a harder market. Wildfire issues are a huge reason for that. Just, it's so hard to get property coverage for a lot of people, whether it's ranches or just any, I mean, a lot of companies, if they're in the foothills, there's trees, brush anywhere. It's just, it's tough. And a lot of the underwriters don't even have authority to make decisions for an agency they like because the higher ups at the company just said, look, if it's in this area, we don't want it. Before, if you have Google Maps, you'd really like zero in on an actual property and they'd say, okay, they've done really good brush clearance and that kind of stuff. And so we're going to take a shot on this. But now it's basically like they just zoom out to some 10 mile radius and say anything in this big circle, don't even bother because we're not even going to look at the individual account anymore. It's just more this whole radius, the higher ups have said, we just don't want it. The fire risk is too much. And it's frustrating because there are clients that do a really good job on their property and it is tougher and tougher to get coverage for them. That's actually really discouraging. So if I make sure that my trees are trimmed back, I don't have bushes in front of my house, that may not even be taking into account. It can be. Yeah. I mean, it's tough if you're in, if if wildfire area is bad enough, it won't even matter. If you're in a borderline area, that stuff definitely helps. If it's not a terrible fire area, maybe one that they don't want, but it's, you know, it's on that line. That stuff definitely helps. But a lot of properties, if they're not in, on that border, they're just, there's really nothing you can do. Other than fire, you said we're kind of in a hard market right now. What are some of the other issues driving it? I would say auto is really bad, especially in California right now. Rates are up in auto a lot. Claims have just been up across the board and the carriers have just been getting killed on claims. Because we're getting worse at driving? Worse at driving, yeah. Cars are getting too expensive. You're getting a little, you get some bumper damage and that's five grand because you're basically com- fixing a computer system now for the smallest yeah, the smallest issue, you know, before it was a $15, $100 bumper fix. And now you're doing sensors, computer systems, all stuff. It's, you know, five grand. So, yeah, so I mean, claims costs are up. I mean, obviously, and with the su- COVID and the supply chain issues. Yeah, I was going to ask you if supply chains yeah. had anything. Yeah. I told my dad I was going to buy a used car a couple months ago. And it's like, not yeah. right now, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we had an issue. We had, I mean, my personal car, we had an issue at my house. Where we had to just get our car fixed. And it was, um, I won't throw my wife under the bus, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, it was December and we just got our, we just got everything done now. I mean, it was five months to get parts and I mean, everything, it was, a, it was a nightmare. It's going on across the board and just so this claim costs are up. So yeah, so the auto claims are bad, but the carriers I feel like are starting to figure that out a little bit, get better spot. But I mean, even a lot of carriers, they won't do auto by itself. They'll only do your policy if they write the property and liability with it. And so they, a lot of, a lot of markets that would do auto, just a standalone auto policy for a client just aren't doing it anymore. I write also a lot of apartment complexes. So we do a lot with like habitability claims, which is like unclean living conditions, that kind of stuff. We have a lot of lawyers that are getting a lot of tenants together to do maybe like a little mini class actions. A lot of the apartments I've used to, I've write, it's just harder to find markets for them too, just because you have a lot of those claims now that are happening. And so and carriers are adjusting and taking coverage off a little bit or doing a smaller supplement for some of those things just to kind of, you know, lessen their exposure more. So. Great. So now that we've given everyone this really positive <laughs> view of the insurance market, yeah. what are some things clients can do to increase their chances of getting good carriers to quote them at good rates? Yeah. In a hard market, I mean, obviously, I know it's tough right now just because it's with staffing and stuff being tough. Hire, Try and hire good people with employees, like check the driving records, see, really do your reference check. I know it's easy for employers now just to say, like, God, we need somebody and this person's here right now. Let's hire them. But that kind of stuff, it ends up 
I've had clients that are signing the wrong people. So be, be patient and get the right people employed. But yeah, I mean, even then, like make sure your property looks good when an underwriter always checks online, like checking Google, Street View, stuff like that. Get brushed debris off your property. Uh, just make sure if anybody looks on the internet that your property will look in good condition. You know, that's always something that underwriters look at that we can use to sell to them to write your account or add, get those extra credits added. So whether it's trees trimmed, get stuff off the roof, I mean, it's upgrade you have to do to your property, but client, but carriers more than anything, they want to see that now. And so stuff like that goes, goes a long way. Beyond that, just, um, you know, we have some clients just increases their chances to get coverage. Take maybe some of the chances yourself with maybe some higher deductibles. You know, they look at loss runs. If you're not, if you have a thousand dollar deductible, okay, is it worth it? Maybe turning in that $2,000 claim, or maybe we just say, you know what, I'm just going to pay for that myself just to not have that on my record. Those clean records always help too. So just make sure when you turn a claim in, that's really something that you need to get paid for. And if you're going to get a few hundred dollars for a claim above your deductible, you know, maybe it's smart, maybe not to do that. It's like, I really recommend clients not doing like a $500 deductible on a property policy anymore. It just doesn't. You know, you don't want to turn in those small claims because trust me, the carrier is going to look at that and see a pattern if you do a lot of it. So take a look, get a lower premium, increase the risk yourself a little or increase the risk you take yourself a little bit by having that 2,500, 5,000, something like that. You don't want to be poking the beehive. Exactly. Every day. Exactly. Every year. Yeah. So that's always kind of what I recommend, but every client's different, but. Switching gears a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure um, workers' compensation is an insurance that's never really probably going to go away. Yeah. Well, that's actually really good. That's been good news for a long time as workers comp because workers comp, we, we've kind of, we, we were scared about when, when COVID happened, because basically if anybody got COVID, you didn't even have to prove where you got sick. Sure. Yeah. And it would go against the workers comp claim if you were at all working during that time. So there was like a, there wouldn't be an investigation to figure out how you got COVID or anything. It would go to the workers comp care and they'd have to pay. So we were really kind of worried that, that was going to kind of throw a big wrench into this good market because rates in more comp have been as cheap as they've ever been for a decade now. Um, when I first started, there were just a couple carriers, the rates were through the roof, but then deregulation happened now. I mean, there's a million carriers doing more comp and the rates have still just stayed really cheap, which is good. And so, and COVID really didn't hit the carriers or the clients as hard as we thought it did a little bit, but nothing that we're seeing is going to really throw any big wrench into the industry. That's going to all of a sudden send us into this hard market. So I mean, we're seeing the rates have stayed consistent over the last couple of years, which is good. With work comp, just one recommendation to clients is make sure that you keep your claims in check. Safety is more important than ever now. Just do those safety meetings. Uh, make sure you know where your exposures are. Make sure you train your employees. Because um, every client has an experience. If you're over about 8000 a year in premium for a commercial client, you generate what's called an experience mod, which basically they compare you to everybody else in your industry. And so if you aren't as good as the other client, other people in your industry, you'll have a mod where every carrier who quotes you, if you're at a hundred, you're an industry average. So then the carrier does nothing to your rate with your experience mod when they quote your renewal. But if you have bad claims compared to everybody else, you might have an experience mod of 150%. So every carrier that quotes you has to tack on 50% extra onto your premium. So that $10,000 premium just went to 15 just because of your claims history over the last four years. Cakes. And then, and then if you're really good, and have a 70 mod compared to everybody else, you get a 30% discount. Those kind of things can really help. And the state has kind of changed how they do those calculations a little bit. So they're looking, it's always kind of that frequency versus severity thing. So it's always kind of good to know having those, a lot of smaller claims kind of hurt you versus that one shock loss, you know? Gotcha. And so a lot of that stuff can really, and the rates are fine on the workers' comp, but then if that experience mod gets really out of whack, you know, I mean, I've seen somewhere it's two, 250%, you know, something like that, which is really 
really can hurt a client. Other than workers' comp, WSR has so many different types of policies. What are some, in your opinion, that people might not think about or that they might just not know that you have? So some of the stuff people may don't think we have, a lot of it's coverages that people throw on to package policies that maybe don't think about or people just don't look at. It gets thrown on. You don't talk about it. You don't think about it. It's just a throwing coverage. So clients just, if they're not told about it, they just they don't really know it can be a big deal. So a couple like, like the replacement cost is a big thing on your buildings. I mean, cost to rebuild your property now are through the roof. And I guarantee you pretty much everybody is underinsured right now. And so you've got to make sure that you know how much it's going to cost to to replace your home, your office building, whatever it is. There's programs out there that all agents have, carriers do calculations for you, but just make sure you have enough. I mean, because if a claim happens, all of a sudden you're going to get 30% less than what it's going to cost to actually rebuild your building. You got to figure out, okay, do we go out of pocket? Do we build something smaller? Stuff like that. And so, and it's frustrating because adding 30% on your building value costs you 30% more. Just pay attention to that. Be comfortable with where the building limit is, is a big part. Ordinance and law coverage is also one I always like to make a big point of. That's if you have an older building, say half your building burns down and the, the city all of a sudden comes in and says, okay, you're half your building burned down. You have to now bring your whole building up to current building codes, even though you're a grandfather in. So all of a sudden you need a sprinkler system, an elevator, stuff like that, that you didn't know you needed. The insurance policy, the way it's written, does not cover for those kind of improvements, so you have to add like ordinance and law coverage for those kind of things. So that's always an important coverage to add to make sure you have enough. Just because sprinkler system can cost you six figures. Elevators are the same. Stuff Tesla like that. charging yeah. systems. New plumbing, electrical. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. that stuff. When you get into those kind of things, it adds up. And some people just think, oh, they're just going to rebuild my building to whatever I need. But they rebuild you to what you had before, not new building codes. So those throwing coverages on the policy are important to pay attention to. And I'd say the last one um, I want to touch on maybe employment practices, liability insurance, we call it EPLI. That covers you for like wrongful termination from an employee, sexual harassment, things like that, that unfortunately those claims have been up as well. Some carriers will throw that on with a smaller limit onto like a regular general liability policy. That's definitely the most efficient way to add it because it can be pretty darn cheap and you can get, most of those claims are closed out for, you know under $25,000, but you can get a $50,000, $100,000 limit for a few hundred dollars a year. But if you have a carrier that, or if you're in the industry, maybe they don't want to add it. That's maybe the exposure a little more. You have to go buy that separately and then it can get a little pricier, but, and deductibles can be higher too. But that's always one to know that in this day and age, when people do super stuff like that, just having those kind of coverages is important. So in the next 10 to 20 years, I'm sure you'd be giving me different bullet points than you just gave me right now. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see the insurance market going in the next decade or even two decades? I mean, I see definitely more technology involved. I mean, carriers really wanting clients to be more uh, proactive in their safety and maintain their property, stuff like that. So I'm just going to see that going just more and more that way. We've already seen a lot of it. I'd love to see the carriers get more creative in these fire areas, being able to write a lot of what's there. I know the California Fair Plan is like a kind of a subsidized run organization that some people in the market, that's all they have. That's all, mm -hmm. but it covers just fire and they've expanded it out where you can cover some other things now as well, but the coverage is really limited. And I've so, heard it's not cheap. It's not cheap. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to present that to a client. It's just, yeah, it's gonna be three times what you paid and it's going to cover like four things. And you it's know? your only option. Yeah. And it's your only option basically. So it's not fun. So I would love to see some more creativity with the carriers saying, okay, we'll write, Maybe a lot of the other types of coverage in these areas, maybe exclude fire and have that fire just be covered by the fair plan and maybe just get a more, a more robust insurance policy with less carriers involved. I mean, I have some farms I write that I'll have four or five carriers involved 
because I have the fair plan, you have a standalone liability policy, but they also need equipment and auto covered. I mean, it's just. That sounds like a nightmare to track. It can be. I've got a few clients. It's just, wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of carriers involved. You have a lot of underwriters to work with. You're giving them five different policies from five different carriers. It's going to be kind of a mess. So it'd be great if we can kind of consolidate that a little bit more where carriers just be able to get more creative in how they write things and what they exclude and maybe have the fair plan only have to do one part and then maybe have one carrier do the rest of it. But it would also be great if we could get the wildfires in control as well, or if we didn't need the fair plan as much, but I don't know how that's going to all go. We'll see. So you're hitting 20 years with WSR. Is that correct? Yeah, is my next, math right? Uh, yeah, it'll be a year in, a year next May. Yeah, it'll be 20 years. It's crazy to think Congratulations. about. Congratulations. <laughs> <I> <laughs> but hitting 20 years, what has kept you with WSR? Um, what should clients really know about WSR? Why, why have you stayed? What, what do you love about this company? You know, I just, I love how we've kind of always stayed like a local family owned agency, you know, Tom Scarlett and Tab Randolph. I mean, they're still, their grand, their fathers were involved in the agency and, you know, we just have a great relationship with the community in Woodland, but we've just branched out so much with a lot of the crop insurance stuff that we've done. So we, I mean, it, the agency is night and day different compared to what it was when I first started. Back then we had half the employees we have now, we were in a kind of, most of our accounts were done this, you know, the Sacramento region. Uh, but now, I mean, we're writing in so many different states. It's exciting. It's just, it's exciting that we've expanded so much and we're just doing different things. It's just getting more, but very much more creative on what we're writing and everything. So the team that we have there, it's, it's, they're just great. So it's just, you're not, it's all local. Everybody knows each other. The owners are all there. So so many agencies, you know, they get bought out by big multinational companies. It kind of loses its character and all that stuff. So. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Well, thanks for sharing about the last 20 years. Um, it'll be fun to see what happens with WSR in the next 20. I appreciate this, Kevin. And I learned a lot today and hopefully everyone listening will learn a lot. Any final words? I don't think so. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. We'll have you again sometime. All right. Thanks, Katie. Bye. Bye.